Thank you for listening to this special Stone Cold Country podcast, the new Church List series, where we focus on our 25 years and younger that are keeping it country. We like to say we are bridging the old with the new. We passionately believe in the critical importance of keeping the traditional forms of country music alive. Please partner with us on our journey to keep tear-jerking, crying-in-your-beer, soaring steel guitar-type music on the airwaves and highways. But most importantly, we want you to keep this amazing music in your hearts. If you hear an artist you like, please fan them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, and stream them on your favorite platforms. And when possible, buy their music and merch directly from their website. By doing so, you become an important financial partner that is helping to sustain Nara's career. Additionally, you can also visit our site, stonecoldcountry.net, and explore great music and the many ways you can get involved in keeping traditional country music alive. Don't be like me. Don't come home after a long trip just to find half a gallon of milk in your fridge and nothing else. You don't want to be in that situation, but you know, Sometimes necessity <laughs> creates ingenuity. So I hopped online and I found a solution on that very same day. And that solution is named Instacart. So let me tell you all about Instacart. Instacart is a shopping service. They shop for all kinds of things. In my situation, I was looking for groceries. <laughs> and so all I had to do was I went online, I found their website, and then I found out that I could have them on my phone and I downloaded their app. And then I saw that they had partnerships with a lot of major retailers. And one of my most favorite retailers is Publix. And so I just got online and I started shopping, you know, like I was at Publix and got all these things that I needed. And then I saw that they were able to deliver like within one hour. Oh my gosh, I was just elated. And so within an hour, I had a very nice shopper that came and left my groceries on my front doorstep because I said no contact. And all I had to do was retrieve my groceries and put them in their respective places. It was that simple. So let me tell you about some of the things that I really like about Instacart since I've been using them. So the first thing that I like is, you know, when I do travel, I don't like eating hotel food, you know, most of the time. And so, because I'm a bit finicky when it comes to eating, and you know, sometimes I just don't want to go out to a restaurant. So I can call Instacart, I actually use them on my app, and I can have fresh produce, fresh meat, because you know, I always like bring a little stove or a little burner with me. And, and often I'll rent a suite that does have like a kitchenette. So, you know, I get, you know, fresh meat, fresh produce, you know, fresh bakery items, you know, straight from Publix and Instacart, you know, brings it to me. And when I'm traveling, I can do that in almost any major city that I'm at. The other thing is like, let's say, you know, I know I'm going to be in Fort Worth in two days. So I can pre-order with Instacart because I know where I'm going to be at and they will bring my grocery items, you know, on the day and time that I pre-ordered for. So that's also another amazing thing. The other thing I really like is that they do provide an option for membership. So with a membership, you get a lot of discounts, you know, on your items. So I really, really love that. Another thing that I really like about Instacart is that they have a lot of detail, you know, in terms of the attention that they provide, you know, to your shopping list. For example, they let you 
pick your replacements just in case you know the store might not have what you want they might be out of stock so the shopper has a list of replacements and they know what they can substitute in lieu of XYZ item and then when the replacement isn't available they will send you a, a message through the chat function and sometimes even a photo of some of the other things that are available like I had one shopper send me a photo of like the whole aisle where that item would have been in and so that allowed me to see what else was there and then I was able to choose another replacement so I thought that was really awesome the other thing <laughs> and I hope my mom is not listening to this, is I forgot all about my mom's birthday. And when I looked down on my phone, I said, oh my gosh, it is the 28th of the month. And so I was able to go onto Instacart and I saw that they had a partnership with one of my mom's most favorite retailers. And I was able to get her an awesome gift through Instacart and I was in another you know, state and they were able to deliver it, you know, within two hours. And she was so happy and was none the wiser. <laughs> so they kind of saved me there. So guys, I really recommend Instacart. It is a service that I personally use. And if you'd like to try them out, go ahead and go to the podcast notes and just click on that very special link and you'll get a discount. Happy shopping. I went out and had me some fun And I drank every drink I could get my hands on Threw myself around as the night went flying by But now all I feel is my head pounding And that feeling ain't too fine This morning Yesterday, you know, being full of life, lying here just ain't the same. Instead of feeling wild and free, all I feel is pain. That's why this morning ain't as good as yesterday. and brandy can make a man do wild things when you add jack jim bean it can make him go insane when that morning sun comes up starts to shine its light on me that's when all that alcohol really gets to me Yesterday, you know, being full of life, lying here just ain't the same. Instead of feeling wild and free, all I feel is pain.
why this morning ain't as good as yesterday This morning ain't as good as yesterday You know, being full of life, lying here just ain't the same No, it ain't Instead of feeling wild and free, all I feel is why this morning ain't as good as yesterday This morning ain't as good as yesterday Great. All right. Great song. So um, obviously we were talking about um, how you wrote all the songs on Honky Tonk Heaven, which, wow, <laughs> that's so amazing. <laughs> so I just wanted to find out if um, there's a cool story behind any of the songs. I like, guess there one song that has like a really cool story that you'd like to share with everyone. Uh, most of them don't, but there is one that has, you know, kind of a funny story. Uh, the one you just played this morning is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm not old enough to drink, so I, I got the inspiration from that from my brother. Uh, he uh, he came home one night and uh, passed out with his head in the toilet oh, in the restroom. Nice. So that was the, <laughs> you know, this morning is good as yesterday when you wake up with your head in the toilet. <laughs> Oh my gosh, do I need to cut this out? I don't want you to get in trouble with your brother. <laughs> no, I, I've told the story multiple times, so he can't do He can't. He's in Germany too, so he can't do nothing about it. <laughs> okay. Oh, golly. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Yeah, well, that's part of songwriting too. You get, you know, inspired by things that happen to other people as well, you know. I mean, that's, you know, I had uh, read a cool story um, about how Waylon was inspired uh, to write um, A Good-Hearted Woman, Um, and it was, you'll never believe this. So he saw a headline um, in a newspaper when, you know, there used to be newspapers way back when, (laughs) you know, and he saw a headline um, about um, this art, Tina Turner. And the headline was about Tina Turner is a good hearted woman who's in love with, you know, a two time and man. And, you know, cause she was going through like all these marital problems. And when Waylon read that, he was like, hot dang, <laughs> that's a song. <laughs> yeah. For you know, sure. and we, yeah. Yeah. And we kind of talked a little bit about this, but not really a deep dive. So I was saying, you know, um, like, you know, what kind of a writer are you? Cause you had shared with me that, you know, my favorite song from the album, you just, you know, there were a couple of songs you weren't, you know, too happy about that were going to be on the album. You decide, you know what, I'm going to write a couple new ones. And you just, you know, you just wrote a couple new ones and they ended up on the album. So my question is really, what kind of a writer are you? Do you just write when you're inspired or can you just pick up the guitar and say, I'm going to write a song and I guess you can do the latter, but um, do you do both? You know, you're inspired and then you know, sometimes you say, you know, I'm going to write a song today. I mean, just kind of give us an idea of how you usually work. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of both. Uh, and it just depends, I guess, how I'm feeling that day, too, and, and which time I'm writing in. Like, if I'm writing in a, in my Christian, you know, country, mm-hmm. then uh, most of the time that'll just come to me, and then I'll start writing, and there's the song. But for country, most of the time, I'll, I'll, you know, be like, I need to write a song, so I'll sit down and 
and write one. And then sometimes I'll be in, in writer slumps, you know, for like one month or, or so. So those are always annoying. But yeah. yeah, it just depends, I guess, on how I'm feeling and what kind of mood I'm in. Now, do you have like some type of a trick that you do to get out of a writer slump when you start feeling that way? Or is it something you just wait out? Uh, if it lasts too long, you just have to, you know, write songs. And most of the time, the first one, one or two that you start after a writer slump are going to be terrible. <laughs> so those yeah. wind up going, you know, to the side. But then after that, you know, you might kick yourself out of it. Right. Yep. Yep. Like yeah. a baseball player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You slug your way out of a slump. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Absolutely. Well, um, I you mentioned this, you know, um, in terms of your Christian album. I'm a person of faith as well. And I love how you weave your love of Jesus, even on this album. That's, you know, what we would consider a secular album, of course, you know. Um, and like, for example, on a prayer of a soldier and talk to a healer. I mean, those are just beautiful songs, you know, especially for someone like me, you know, who, you know, again, you know, I'm a person of faith. So, um, you know, I just, I really love it when people do that, Zach, you know, um, because I think it's so important to have that positive, you know, uh, message, you know, even on an album like this, it's really this song, you know, the, the album is really, you know, parting type album. Well, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. I, I can imagine you playing, you know, these songs, you know, at, you know, gosh, at Billy Bob's or any place, you know, out there really, you know, Grizzly Rose in Colorado. I mean, where, you know, any place where people, you know, want to dance and, you know, have a couple drinks, these songs mm -hmm. would fit right in. And so I love it that you took the time to actually put two songs on there that are, you know, really faith-based type songs. So, um, you know, I'd love to hear from you if you have like an inspiring Bible verse or advice that you can share, you know, with the fine folks that, you know, might be going through something because, you know, COVID hasn't been easy for most people, you know, and there are people out there that have been touched personally in terms of they've had, you know, loved ones that have passed on, you know, um, even in country music, we've had several, you know, Joe Diffie was one that I just was just shocked, you know, when he passed on because of COVID complications and things like that. Uh, so we, yeah. you know, we've had a couple of losses. So um, I think that it's really important to put out an inspiring word for everyone. So I would love to hear, you know, what your favorite Bible verse is, or if you have, you know, some solid, you know, inspiring advice for someone out there who might be going through something. Yeah. So one of my all-time favorite Bible verses is uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, I might leave out a few words or, paraphrase it but I'm, it goes kind of like um for i know the plans i have for you uh plans of good not for evil to give you hope in the future so that that's really relevant for today's times and i mean if you look at what job went through and stuff like that yeah, there's uh, a yeah. better days are coming that's right yeah absolutely and i totally agree with everything you just said zach i absolutely um believe that you know and um oh my gosh you mentioned job <laughs> or <laughs> That, you know, uh, I know this This might sound horrible, actually, but I'm going to say it anyway. Whenever I want to be encouraged, I read Job. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, I, yeah. Oh, my gosh. When I read everything he went through, Zach, I mean, yeah, seriously. You think he had it bad, yeah. Yeah, you think but you. at the end, 
at the end, he God gave him double of that's what he had right. previously. So that's oh, always yeah. a good thing to look forward to. You know what's really interesting about the book of Job um, is that the people he loved the most turned on him. Oh my yeah, God. <laughs> Curse God and die, she said. That alone, that right there, that's enough to really kind of, you know, I, I believe just kind of comfort you knowing, you know what? This person even had his the people that he loved the most, you know, turn on him and look at the end, you know, everything worked out, you know. Now what you meant for harm, God, you know, turned around for good. And that you know where that comes from, right? The story. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? I can't recall. Joseph, right? Remember that his brothers uh, sold him. You know, they first they tried killing him and then they, they sold him. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Exactly. And, um, okay. In a really desperate type situation. And then someone uh, told the, uh, I don't know what they called him back then, the Pharaoh, I guess. That um, you know, Joseph was able to interpret dreams, and um, mm -hmm. he interpreted the dream for the Pharaoh, and and it was exactly like Joseph said. And the Pharaoh made him second in charge. You know, um, there was a famine, you know, in the land that he was from, and his family and his brothers, the you know same people that betrayed him and sold him, had to come and ask him you know, for, you know, for fruit and all the stuff. And they didn't even know it was him. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't recognize him. They yeah. did not know it was him. I mean, it's just that story, that and the story of Job is just amazing to me. And I, you know, I, I think anyone listening out there, if you're going through something, you need to read those two stories and you're going to exactly. be all right. <laughs> There's so many more too. So yeah, I encourage everybody to, to get into the Bible and, and a good Bible-based church as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, um, I tell people, even, you know, people that, you know, really maybe don't believe in hardly anything, you know? Um, and I say, you know what, even if you don't believe in anything, you could still find something in the Bible that's going to be encouraging to you. If you give it a chance, you know, you have to give it yeah. a chance, you know, that that's just the way I see it. Um, and the whole idea is just to, you know, have people open up their minds and, you know, uh, be able to, to, you know, give something a chance. You know, you tried everything else, then why don't you try Jesus? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You hit rock bottom. And yeah. those are the kind of people that, that he uses too. He doesn't use the perfect people, so. No, absolutely not. You know, he uses, I mean, look at, um, you know, golly. I mean, look at Paul. I mean, mm -hmm. good Lord. Paul used to kill and persecute <laughs> You know, people. Oh, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh yes, and look what God did with him. You know, good Lord. So yeah, there's there's a um there. I didn't mean to have church <laughs> today. Hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> but you know that happens sometimes. Um, but anyway, um, so you know we talked a lot about you know faith and everything. So I would love to um, you know, play talk to a healer. I think that's such an important song, you know, especially because, you know, of everything that's going on with the pandemic and everything. So if you don't mind, I'd love to play that song for the folks. All right. Go right ahead. There ain't much you can do in 
won't let you break free When your body is aching And you feel you've been shaken Into a dark state of misery Just talk to the healer Walk with the healer And he'll surely show you the way and Pray to the healer Give your heart to the healer And he'll take away all of your pain Don't get weary For this is only the beginning Of your new life Of eternity If you talk to the healer Walk with the healer Yes, he'll surely show you Take away all of your pain Shout praise to the healer Put your faith in the healer He'll take away all of your pain The healer took You know, I've had conversations with so many people, um, you know, about, you know, the way country music is now or, you know, uh, some some country radio, you know, um, but, you know, the, the kind of music they're playing, you know, sounds a little bit different than what we might be used to. And so, um, you know, I'd love to ask about, um, you know, what a person's uh, opinion is about the future of traditional country music. I'm you know, had this conversation with Mo Bandy, with um, Ken Mellons to see, you know, what they feel is, you know, the uh, future viability of traditional country music. So, you know, I'd like to hear from you. Um, you know, do you think traditional country will make its way back to mainstream radio and Nashville? I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, that's <laughs> a tough. I think there's a good chance, actually. Um, I'm seeing more and more young people, and that's the good thing, because someone's got to carry it on a I'm seeing a lot of young people doing uh, the traditional country, and I'm not a big fan of the red dirt in Texas, but mm -hmm. I think that's a step closer, and I think it's going to keep getting closer. So I think there's a good hope for it, and I, I sure hope it does come back because uh, I think a lot more people would enjoy it uh, more than uh, don't, don't take this wrong with cookie cutters. 
and, yeah, and mainstream. There. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, again, I try to stay away from <laughs> saying anything yeah. because, you know, people are sensitive about their music and stuff like that. But, you know, and that's why I always make the, uh, you know, the statement of that there's a there's definitely a difference. Right. So what we yeah. like, you know, what you and I like um, is now considered, you know, traditional country music or traditional honky tonk country music. Um, but way back when, um, you know, when, you know, your gramps, you know, and my parents were around and stuff like that, this was country music. You know, th this was what you heard. Um, and yeah. this was mainstream country music. I mean, Lefty and Hank Williams, I mean, good Lord. If you just do a little <laughs> bit of research, you, they had the number one songs, you know, uh, through the early 50s, you know, for the most part. And then when I was growing up in the 90s, um, you had people like Alan Jackson and you had, you know, um, George Strait and you had, you know, Vince Gill and well, Keith Whitley had passed on by then, but oh, the music was still being. Yeah, mm -hmm. And so you were. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, Daryl Singletary, um, yeah. you know, all the good ones. Vern Gosden, um, you know, Marty Stewart. Yeah. Oh, Marty Stewart. Yeah. You know, all these. And they were, you know, they were uh, really, you know, having these big hits on the billboard. Randy Travis is another good one. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that was all traditional country music, Zach. You know, that was mainstream country back then, but it was traditional country music, you know. Yes, so, yes. Um, mm -hmm. and so, um, so now, you know, you kind of, you know, have to make that, you know, kind of point out the, the difference that, you know, you know, what we like is considered now, you know, traditional honky tonk music. And the mainstream country is, you know, is a lot different from the stuff that we're talking about, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. So, you know, um, I'm with you. And that's the reason why this podcast series, it's a special series. Um, and it's called The New Traditionalist. And what it is, is basically we're interviewing, you know, uh, people like yourself, 25 years or younger that are singing, you know, and writing and performing, you know, traditional, you know, country music. Because we, we want to kind of share with the world out there that, hey, <laughs> there are still, you know, there's still some young people out there that are putting out don't this amazing. Yeah. yeah, don't lose. Exactly. Zach, don't lose hope. There's still a strong, you know, traditional country music community out there. You may not hear them on mainstream radio you know, everywhere. Texas is different, though. When I drive through Texas, I always pick up a station that's really keeping it, you know, real, you know, traditional still. Um, and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. In, there's, in a, Texas? Uh, there's a big um, across the seas and in, in Europe and, and all of that and Canada, even they, they really love country music. So it, it might come back there is what I'm thinking first. And then hopefully it'll come, you know, across back to America. Zach, you're absolutely right. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. I would say about 75% of the people listening to our show are based in Texas and, you know, some in California and, and some in Nashville. We have a lot of people from Nashville, but then the rest are from overseas. I mean, and I've been flabbergasted when, you know, you look at the data and analytics and stuff, and we literally have people listening in from like every continent, you know, so mm -hmm. Australia, um, you know, Asia, I'm like, 
all these different continents. And I'm like, I mean, I didn't know traditional country music had such an expansive fan base across the seas like that, you know? Um, And yeah. And then um, a real big part of our listeners that are overseas are in England and the United Kingdom and Germany and uh, Sweden. Those are three areas that I would say, like, if I take 100 percent, you know, of the overseas listeners, about, you know, 80 percent come from those three areas, you know, and then you have everywhere else, which I think is amazing. I mean, (laughs) wow. You know, so you're right. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, It's real big overseas. And I think that that will trickle over um, to the U.S. But um, even with, you know, with that being said, Zach, um, I'm sure there must be at least one mainstream artist right now that might give you a little bit of hope for, you know, traditional country music. And if if there is one, can you mind sharing who that might be? Yeah, one comes to mind. I haven't heard nothing from from him in a while. I'm a pretty big fan of Sturgill Simpson. He does some pretty good stuff. Yeah, so Sturgill um, Sturgill Simpson has two bluegrass albums out right now, and they have hit number one on the Billboard Bluegrass chart. Mm -hmm. Really? I'm a, now I got to go look those up. Yeah, it's called Clinton <laughs> Grass. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny um, that you mentioned Sturgill. So that this, you know, might not be good on me, but um, I had always heard his name, but I swear to you, I had never heard his music before. I just, you know, never had. When the Bluegrass album came out, something said, you need to give this a listen. And I did. He's got two albums out now that are Bluegrass. And I absolutely fell in love with these two albums and that caused me to look at his other stuff. <laughs> and so yeah. like the metal modern sounds and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, this guy is just, you know, really good music. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to give you the wrong impression either. Cause he, he put out some psycho Billy stuff that I just didn't like at all. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. Some of it's a little strange, but there are a few gems in there. Yeah. Yeah, but his early stuff, the the stuff that like these two bluegrass albums are gold as far as I'm concerned. You well, I don't know if you like bluegrass, but your lead song on this album has kind of a bluegrass feel to it. Your your first song on the album, you know, <laughs> it does have like some fancy picking going on you in got there. A banjo on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think you probably do like bluegrass. Um but I, I think you'd like these two albums that he, you know, came out with. Um, but yes, I, you know, I have to kind of agree with you on that one too. Um, his early stuff really does kind of give you, um, you know, kind of some some inspiration of what things can be, because uh, those albums did really well, you know. So, you know, that wasn't too long ago, you know. So, I mean, you know, you kind of, and then of course George Strait, you know, we always forget, you know, George Strait is one of those pillars, you know. Um, he's he's still going strong, and you know, Alan Jackson just came out. Um, he's got a new album that's coming out sometime in May. He released three songs, Zach. You have to hear these songs. Oh my gosh. They are stone cold country. I mean, he he even said that um, the songs on this album are more, you know, that honky tonk traditional country music more so than any other album that he's put out. So, yes, yes. And he said that and he said when he was listening to the steel and the fiddle 
on some of these songs on his new album, he just started tearing, you know, because I mean, he just felt. And, you know, when he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. You know, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> how I feel, you know, when I listen to a Stone Cold Country song. It's just awesome. Now, yeah. I was reading that Chris Christopherson said you were a young Hank Williams. Wow. <laughs> how did that make you feel? And can you give me the story to that? I mean, how did that happen? How did you meet him and all that? Yeah, I, I actually met him through um, Merle Haggard. Uh, Merle Haggard was at um, Willie Nelson's 4th of July picnic, and uh, he showed up, you know, like a cameo appearance and was on Merle's bus. So I can't remember who took me on the bus, if it was uh, Merle's bus driver or Merle's wife, but someone took me on the bus, me and my brother, and because we, we had some records of his that we wanted signed, so we got him signed. And then uh, Teresa, I think, told him that I sang and wrote songs, so he asked to hear one. And I played him one of my old songs, which I wish I would have had a, a better one, but I played him it, and uh, he made one word correction, and it just changed the whole dynamic of the song. Wow. And then he told me, he said, you remind me of a young Hank Williams, and I didn't know what to think. You know, I kind of <laughs> thought, you know, he's just saying that, but he told me, he said, and don't think I'm just saying that. I'm not blowing smoke up your, you know what. Right. <laughs> so that was big now, encouragement. How old were you? How old were you when that happened? Maybe 14 or 15 around oh. there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's enough to inspire anyone. I mean, on those tough nights, you know, when you're, you know, playing out to like, you know, not a lot of people, think about what Chris Christopherson said to you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's all you need to know. Um, it, yeah. It's so funny because um, Ken Mallins, um, I had an interview with him and he said uh, something very similar, except the person that told him that he had a great voice and to never give up was Keith Whitley. So, oh, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, my gosh, you have to be kidding. He said, no, nope, and I'll never forget that. And um, That's you one know, person I wish I would have been able to see. Keith yeah, He's just, um, you know, one of those, uh, I don't know um, what would be the right word, but, you know, in my words, um, I consider Keith and Lefty and people like that to be just these country soul singers, you know? I mean, you really feel what they're singing. It's, it's just, um, I don't know, it's just very hard to kind of pin. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, it just kind of stirs you, you know, when you hear their voice, you know. All right, so we've come to a point in our conversation today where I'm going to ask you the most dreaded question in my podcast. <laughs> uh -oh. Everyone hates this question, Zach. And, and because of that, I will never eliminate it. <laughs> This is about if you were on a deserted island, what five albums would you have to have and why? Okay, I'm going to have to agree with those people. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what five What five albums or items? Yeah, albums. So songs, music, music that you have to have with you if you're on a deserted island. Now, you see, you're thinking on a, a practical level. You're, you're saying I, it has to be items because if I'm on a deserted island, I'm trying to get the heck out. <laughs> So I can listen to every every album instead of just five, yeah. <laughs> right. But no, these are five albums or singles, you know, five pieces of music that you would have to have with you to help you pass time. Well, you know, in the interim while, you know, pe the search, you know, crew is trying to find you. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll let you use your computer if you have it. You can look up some. Well, I know one has to be Hank Williams for sure. Yeah, one would definitely be uh, Hank Williams. Probably like a... Probably I'm so lonesome I could cry if I'm deserted on an island. <laughs> um, <laughs> then there's a Merle album. That's the way love goes. Oh, man, every song on that album is great. Oh, that's an old lefty song. Yeah, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. And then just for kicks, we'll go with uh, this. Is I normally wouldn't say this one, but since I'm deserted on an island, I'll say a uh, Don Gibson Sea of Heartbreak. Oh, okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> How about uh, what is it? Uh, who I am? The way that I am? What is it? Is it who I am? This, uh, the I way have, I am. Say that again. The way I am. The way I am, yeah. I have it. He's with a suit on and everything and an open neck shirt. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Merle, Merle wrote that one, if I, I remember correctly. Wow. Um, I hate yeah. this question. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> hates it. <laughs> and that's why I won't get rid of it ever, ever. <laughs> um, no, I have mm-hmm. Then you can have the family feud survey says thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Good Lord. Right, so come on now. You need two more. Two more? Okay, I'll I'll make one Keith Whitley since we're talking about him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'd say the other one would be maybe Ray Price because he's got some pretty songs and oh, some Price. good upbeat ones. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I love me oh, some Ray geez. Price now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ray Price is awesome. He, he was... See, um, a lot of people take offense to this, but I don't know why. But I call him like he was one of the crooners, you know. And I don't, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see that as being. Uh, when I say that, you know, um, way back when, you know, they had, you know, the crooners. It was like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and all these people. You know, they. It was like that big band sound. And to mm-hmm. me, uh, Ray Price was a, a country version of that. You know. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, does. yeah. He had that voice. It was real smooth and everything, you know. Um, I, I, I that it. It was Oh, yeah. No, when he got started, he was doing more honky-tonk music. Um, you know, and, and he, he kept on, but then he got a little smoother, you know, as, you know, the years went by. So, yeah, those are all solid. Those are good. Good for you. All right. You made it. <laughs> Hey. Hey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was fun though. No. So what do you want fans to know about you? I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh they've gotten to know a lot about you, you know, in terms of, you know, throughout this conversation, you know, they know who, you know, where you're from and you know, your inspiration, you know, in terms of how you got started, you know, with music and you know, and how you write and you know. And also a little bit about your faith, you know, so they know a lot about you. But um, is there anything, you know, before we part, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with your fans? Like anything that you'd like to share with the fine folks that maybe we didn't touch on? Um, I think we covered a pretty good amount of it. I mean, I'm just a normal guy, do normal things, and I just... With the love for country music, that's about, I guess, how you could summarize it, a passion for country music. And I just want to carry the torch so yeah. so that the older, you know, singers' music mm-hmm. can't 
die out. You know, someone's got to keep it alive. It's a part of history. That's right. Oh, that's a great answer, Zach. That's absolutely. <laughs> I on my uh, website, I have a quote um, that George Jones, you know, said that you know it's up to us, you know, to really support traditional country artists. Or if we don't do that, it'll just go away. You know, because yep, you, know, exactly. you have to support it. So, oh, that's amazing. Now, uh, tell us how the fans can connect with you. Like, you know, your Facebook, Instagram, your website. Like, what are your handles? I don't think you have a Twitter because I looked for you on Twitter and I didn't see you. No, I'm not on. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter, but I do have a a Facebook a regular page, Zach Clifton, and then I have a music page uh, called Zach Clifton Artist. I am on Instagram. The music lives forever is my username, and um, my website is zachclifton.com, and I think that's about it. All right. I don't get on Facebook too much, so if y'all send me a request or message or anything, I will see it, but I just don't get on there too much. I know, same here. I just like, I'm, you know, in and out, and then I've been locked out so many times, it's just... <laughs> so you know, I, I need to start writing down my passwords. You know, that's really what it comes down to. You know, because um, yeah. I'm always getting something upgraded. Well, we've had a blast talking to you. Like I said, Honky Tonk Heaven is heaven. It's just such a good album, and the fact that it's your debut is just incredible to me. I mean, oh my gosh, it's so tight. The musicianship is really tight. The production is great. You know, the songs are solid. Um, your voice is just amazing. So I, I'm just, I'm so happy, you know, that, you know, people and, you know, within your, you know, generation and stuff are putting out this amazing music, you know, and it's going to move forward as long as, you know, people enjoy it and support it, you know, because that's what really it comes down to. Um, so we usually, Zach, close out with either, you know, some acoustic song that you'd like to play, or if you have an all-time favorite song, you know, we'd love to play that as well. So it's up to you. Uh, like an all-time favorite song by... Anybody. And, like, it could be by Hank or... Ray Price, I mean, whoever you want it to be, or it could be one of your songs. Uh, let's go with, uh, I guess maybe one off my album. Get a, get a little uh, exposure on it. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I've heard some good things about Fiddle on the Wall. I think that might be a good closing one. Okay, great. So we're going to hear Fiddle on the Wall. All right, Zach, sounds great. There's a beautiful fiddle on the wall It's been such a long time since it's seen a stage But today I thought I might take it all Lord, it's been 30 years since it's been played So y'all listen to the sound of country music As pure and as raw as it'll ever get That fiddle on the wall Makes such a pretty southern draw A sound that country music Seem to forget
fiddle on the wall It'll sure make you swing Two-stepping walls It can make you dance right out of your socks You'll be swaying all night in your lover's arms You'll be listening to the sound of country music As pure and as raw as it'll ever get That fiddle on the wall has such a pretty southern draw A sound that country music seems to forget Such a pretty southern drawl The sound that country music seemed to forget talking to you i hope that you enjoyed yourself too oh it was there were some unique questions on there so i enjoyed it awesome great all right god bless you you take care now bye-bye you too bye-bye the new traditionalist 2021 